Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, let's lift it up. Let's lift our praise to Jesus. We glorify you, God. Come on, yes, Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. There is no one like you, Jesus. Lord, we glorify your name. God, oh God, right now we thank you that you are ever present in our time of need. And God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that even as I speak and minister tonight, that it would not be my, my voice, my words, but it would be yours, your spirit carried through me, God, that would liberate and break open and bring freedom to those that are here, to those that are listening, God. Lord, that the captives would be set free tonight. And I thank you. You, Jesus ahead of time for every miracle testimony that will come from this place in the name of Jesus we pray can I get a big amen 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 y'all can give each other a high five take a seat don't get too comfy I'm so excited, I'm so honored to be able to speak tonight. I'm so grateful to pastors Jurgen and Leanne who stepped into bringing us freedom. How many people know somebody's gotta go first? They have gone first so that we can walk in freedom in our nation and freedom of heart. And I'm personally so grateful to them. My life is a living testament to um, what they have discipled in me. And I'm so excited to and honored to speak here at Balboa. I feel like I've come home. This was my home campus for a long time. And I uh, love your beautiful pastors, John and Becky. Fun filled fact, we came about the exact same time uh, to uh, the church all those years ago. I was like, oh man, 17 years, I'm like an artifact. It's okay, guys. Um, but uh, we would find each other and be like, wait, you're on this team? Wait, you're leading this team? And it was just like role reversal the whole time. And we've been here ever since. How about longevity in the house of God? So cool to be a part of people's journey and see how people come in, but then see how they grow and get transformed in the house of God. It's been an extraordinary ride. And it has not ended. It's just beginning. So I am so excited to share this word that is on my heart. Uh, one, it was so funny because I actually preached this message about a week or so ago, and uh, we had Pastor Mike Yeager preaching here, who's from my campus, and we were laughing so hard because we're like, oh, mate, wait, you opened with what passage? You talked about what story? We had the exact same theme. So if you feel like, oh, that's a little bit, like I've heard something like this, you have, but I'm going to have a different take on it tonight, and I really believe that tonight, God is doubling down. Why would he bring the same theme twice to a campus unless he was ready to double down and set some people free? So I'm very excited for tonight. The title of my message is called, Why We Cannot Coexist. Why We Cannot Coexist. 
Just recently, I was in Israel, and when I was there, um, I, I started to understand a little bit more of the history of Israel and what was going on there. And, um, you know, Israel, the, the chosen people, they have been surrounded by enemies. The threat of war is palatable, even now. Like, every angle, they're like, the Israel, uh, the, the enemies want to take Israel out. And we had the unique opportunity that we were there, that we had a tour guide who who actually fought in multiple wars for Israel. And he shared from his perspective. And he said this, and it really struck a chord with me. He said, if the Arabs put their guns down, there will be peace. If Israel puts their guns down, there is no more Israel. And there was a war in 1967, an attack on Israel. Israel defeated its enemy in that war. That tour guide fought in this war. And he was sharing with us how they fought the war. They won the war. It was only six days they win it. But then something very unexpected happened. They allowed the mosque that was built on top of the Jewish temple to stay in the name of peace. Somebody say, in the name of peace. To this day, we can put up the photos. There is the gold dome of the rock. It stands on top of what was the Jewish temple. It's where the Holy of Holies was. It's where King Solomon built a temple. It's where uh, we, we had Abraham poised to sacrifice Isaac. What a holy ground. And in the name of peace, Israel said, you can keep your mosque there. Now listen, I love Israel and I pray for Israel, but it left me disturbed. I, I walked the streets, I saw the sights, and I just couldn't get it out of my spirit. Like, what, what, what's happening? And to the Jews, they feel like they're keeping to the peace, but to the Muslims and the Arabs and all of the enemies around them, it's a triumph of Islam. And they are poised and ready to attack at any time. That's what the tour guy said. So this idea of keeping the peace isn't keeping the peace at all. Instead, it's called compromise. We cannot coexist with our enemy and not expect that war won't come to our doorstep. Over the years, I realized that Jews had been lulled into the idea that they can keep the peace by coexisting with their enemy. But every time I read my Bible, I couldn't get away from the fact that that's not biblical. And I read while I was in Israel this passage, Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4, to a chosen people speaking to the Israelites. When the Lord your God brings you into the land in which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gerashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant. Say no covenant. With them, nor show no mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor take their daughters for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against you and destroyed suddenly. And just for sake of time, that passage goes on to talk about how they are to utterly destroy, take down every idol, every temple, and instead obey the commands of God. I believe that we can learn a little bit from Israel about coexisting with an enemy in the name of peace, and it's that it doesn't work, and it's not biblical. And then I began to think about, just like a nation, we are also the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of the Holy Spirit. What have we been coexisting with? What have we been compromising with that we need 
to utterly destroy. This is freedom night. <laughs> Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? I want us to begin, even through this message, to begin to assess our own lives and our own hearts. What are we coexisting? What are we compromising with that God has called us to conquer and destroy? What has lulled us down the roads of unaddressed pain and false idols and a life of, of compromise? Because a life of compromise will ultimately, in the end, not bring us to anything healthy. Instead, it wants to take us out. And I believe this, that many people are using misplaced mercy to rewrite biblical truths that will actually give us a life of freedom. We have to be able to discern between mercy and truth, obedience and disobedience, so that we can conquer our enemies and live in the freedom that God has called us to live. That is my intro. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, we're going to get the party started. Point number one, don't use misplaced mercy to avoid obedience to God especially in the name of keeping the peace. I've heard it said like this, misplaced mercy or false mercy is affection divorced from truth. Most people have a natural disposition to be tender towards others and they want that to be reciprocated. However, to offer tenderness without an orientation to the true or to the truth can be very destructive. And isn't that the case today? I think that a lot of social justice movements are actually misplaced mercy. Because the truth is, we are to have, as Christians, compassion for the world and the people that surround us. And we can offer healing to people, but we can't do it if we try to rewrite the Ten Commandments according to woke theology that is not biblical and is not truthful. We can't help people heal if we rewrite sin. We can't help people heal by numbing pain and pretending it's not there. We can't rewrite the Ten Commandments. We can't play God. We can't compromise with things like a, a commandment, do not murder, and then try to make abortion so complicated. It's actually very simple. We cannot take a life no matter how difficult our life might become. And that is, my friends, the world trying to rewrite mercy. But here's real mercy. When a person who commits adultery or murder comes into the power and the presence of the living God, encounters a love that they have never experienced before, and realizes what they've done and repents. When you repent, then you can receive healing and not live in shame, not live in torment, not live in fear. God wants to set people free from those things. And we can do that when we bring the truth to Jesus. And then let me tell you, that's where real mercy begins. The mercy of the living God to go, you know what? You might have made a mistake. I don't know all the reasons and I'm sure it was difficult, but I will forgive you. Jesus is a healer and a forgiver. We don't have to live in the history of our shame. We can be released from all of that when we acknowledge what we've actually been involved in. We cannot play God. 
what did God say? God said, do not compromise. That is our moral compass. Jesus, the, the, the biblical truths of God is where we can literally just hang our lives on, that there is a moral compass of real truth that will set us free. I, I think about misplaced mercy, and then I think next um, of, of tolerance. The world likes to preach tolerance. Okay. To tolerate, just by Google definition, is allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. Okay. You don't like it. You don't agree with it. And you're going to not interfere. Interfere. When has that ever happened? Let me explain it like this. Um, I am not married yet. And just recently, I met a guy, and he was a good-looking guy. Um, he seemingly had his life together. He was in business and investments. And I'm like, check, you have a job. <laughs> check, you, you know, you're, you're a good-looking guy. Great, good-looking, has a job. Okay, thirdly, um, he says he's a Christian. He says he's a Christian. And so I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is so great. And so I'm starting to get to know him, really fascinating. We have some, some things in common. We're chit-chatting. And then, um, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for the layers because I'm like, you say you're a Christian. Like, I need to actually know that you are, right? So I asked the question. I said, oh, hey, you know, and you mentioned that you're a Christian. What church are you involved in? And he said, oh, 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 I just want to let you know that whatever religion you are a part of, I can get on board with that religion. I will, I will let you, release you to do whatever it is within that religion. I am completely tolerant of all religions. <laughs> My heart sank. I'm like, I don't care that you're good looking. I don't care that you have your life together. So you would think he was the most tolerant guy, right? He just explained to me tolerance. And so I said to him, I said, oh, I said, oh, okay, well, um, I can appreciate where you're coming from, misplaced mercy. I can appreciate where you're coming from, but at this stage of my life, I'm really looking for a man who has a relationship with Jesus and walks in biblical truth. He then looked at me and said, you're a raging psychopath. And then it followed with a slur of the most horrific comments I have heard in a very long time. The tolerant becomes not so tolerant when it goes against Jesus Christ. When it comes against the word of God, all of a sudden they break their very definition. Tolerance is not tolerant anymore. So my friends, we cannot compromise. We cannot give an inch in our beliefs because the devil is sitting there crouching like a roaring lion waiting to take out the ones that just step across the line. Are you with me? Don't be endeared by false doctrine wrapped up in a suit called mercy. Point number two, don't coexist with unaddressed pain. Don't coexist with unaddressed pain. Living in compromise hurts us and it eventually tries to take us out if we don't address it. But I'm so glad I'm in a room full of people who are ready to address the things that have happened in our lives so that we don't get taken out. So I'm so excited for, for tonight and all that's ahead. Uh, don't exist with unaddressed pain. 
And here's the thing about pain. Pain tolerance can actually grow. We think, oh, that little offense, oh, that, that thing that happened to me, oh, that thing that years ago that we left unaddressed or we become numb to. Let me tell you this. If you have numbness in any area of your heart, then that is a red flag, not a check. Because if we are numb to our pain, we're already, we're already suppressing things that need to come up and be addressed. And pain actually grows over time. I know this to be true even in the physical. A couple years ago, I um, started experiencing this really weird pain in my right foot. And at first, it was like, oh, well, that's so weird. Every, you know, I would walk like a couple miles, and then all of a sudden, I would feel this weird pain, and I would kind of just not you know, I would just take a, a little time out and then I'd get back to, to everything. And then all of a sudden, like day by day, week by week, the, the pain started to increase. But I'm like, I don't got no time for pain in my foot. I got things to do. So me, on addressing the pain, I used to stand at altars. I'd be praying for people while the pain was so extraordinary in my foot. It was literally shooting pain all the way up my leg. My leg would go completely numb. I kind of internally wanted to cry. And so I would just step onto like the back of the stage and kind of sit as I prayed for people. Okay. Self-confession tonight. And so then all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing? Why am I living with unaddressed pain? And so I decided, no more, this is not right. And so I started to go to doctors and, and, and went through just a series of all kinds of things. They misdiagnosed me, all the things. But how many people know when you want help, when you want to get free, when that pain is too great to live with anymore, you will search out what real healing is, right? And so I'm like, I need a specialist. And so um, I went to a specialist because by this point, even to put on a shoe or to put on a sock would cause extreme pain. And women, I like to wear nice shoes, okay? And I'm short, so heels are my life. And I sat in that surgeon office and I said, I am too young to not wear heels. You're going to have to fix this. And so um, we discovered that um, I had what was called Morton's neuroma. Why do they name things after people like that? I'm like, Morton, what did I ever do to you? But anyways, <laughs> Morton's neuroma. And so it's just when your two toes come together, I had a nerve that actually came forward. And so anytime my two toes touch, they would have shooting pain all the way up my leg. And the surgeon said to me, Stacy, the only way the pain will stop is if we go to the root and take it out. And I thought, that'll preach. <laughs> and so I went through a surgery and removed that. And I got to tell you, it's like I got part of my brain back, not just my foot. I didn't realize how much pain I was living with on a daily basis. It actually liberated an entire part of my brain to be able to focus on other things. What have we left unaddressed in our own hearts that is robbing us of everything that God has for us? It's time to address and look at and follow. If there's something in our lives that is disturbing us, if there is something numb, then we got to follow that pain. We got to follow that pain journey to the root. Where did it begin? And tonight, we're going to yank that thing out. We're going to tell it to leave in the name of Jesus, or we are going to minister to it in a way that we can invite the Spirit of God in to heal us from it. Okay. And then, you know, here's the thing. Hollywood likes to wrap up all of this 
unaddressed pain and try to give us more in so many different uh, ways. And it's almost like sometimes the world or Hollywood, they paint these pictures of things and they skew it just so that you think that's not a compromise. That's not, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, what just happened to me? Let me explain it this way. Has anybody ever seen the show uh, Down to Earth with Zac Efron? It was like a docu-series. Okay, a few of us. Um, for those of you that haven't, here's just a little snippet. Um, in that show, Zac Efron goes on a journey, and, and I watching it could see he was going on a journey of purpose. He did the acting thing, he did the singing and the dancing, and he wants to find some fulfillment, and he wants to help people in the world. So each episode, he goes on a journey to try to solve, or at least help with a world problem. Water, you know, those types of things, right? Um, poverty, all of that. And so each episode is quite fascinating. And then there came an episode that I was watching. And one, I was already like praying for Zach because I'm like, oh, he's missing it. He's looking to the natural earth. He needs to look to God. He's missing it. And then I see this episode where he goes into the backdrop of the jungle in South America. And I used to live in the backdrop, not in the jungle, but I did live in the backdrop of South America in Ecuador. And I've seen this personally, so I knew what was about to happen. And he went to the backdrop of the jungle and he said oh I heard about these healers I, he I heard about healers that can actually make the dark clouds of my life and the things from my past go away and he was with a friend his friend was named Darlin Olean who was really kind of leading this little mission and so I am like oh no oh no oh no so they go and they go to the healer let me tell you that healer is not a healer it's called a shaman and it's called witchcraft and he was about to expose his spirit and open up his heart and his life for not the power of God, but an evil spirit to come and not heal him, but instead give him, just give him just a, a taste of like what you think is truth, but it's not, and then go away in torment. That's what happens when a curse instead of a blessing is placed on your life. They don't have the power to heal, only God does. They operate in curses and not in blessings. So they go to, to the shaman, and then wouldn't you know, during the episode, when you kind of read up on what's happening, his, the, the guy that went with him during the episode said, yeah, so right after, I'm sorry, right after they went to the shaman, Zach didn't get involved in all of it, his friend did, and I'm like yelling at the TV, don't do it, Zach, don't do it. Um, but he experiences part of it, but not fully. But his, the guy that he went with did. He was kind of very much embracing this whole thing. And then during, after that episode, uh, they said, oh, it's just this weird thing that happened. While they filmed that episode and afterwards, that guy's house burnt to the ground and he lost all his possession. Weird coincidence or curse, my friends. He had no idea what he was, what he was already flirting with. He had no idea what he was tampering with. And that was an evil spirit. When it comes to shamans, when it comes to crystals, when it comes to tarot cards, when it comes to shrooms, marijuana, edible plants, plant medicine, ayahuasca, which is a lot of what they do in the backdrop of the jungle, they're hallucinogenics. And this has gone actually right now, I'm addressing it because it's really on a comeback. And I've heard a lot of talk about it right now that, oh, this is a thing that can enhance even our spiritual experience. Since when does the living God need help with his own experience. I think he's got enough power in his teeny little pinky to be able to give us a spiritual experience. 
created for us. And then I've heard it said, you know, oh, shrooms, marijuana, like, that's so complicated right now because, you know, that's like, it's legal. So, you know, how do we talk about that? How do we, since when? When was the last time the government has been a great moral compass? Since when have we gone to the government? Ooh, tell me what I should be involved in or not. No, we've got to go to the Bible. We've got to go to biblical truths that can give us real freedom in the name of Jesus. You know what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8? Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is on the prowl. He's looking for those openings. And many of us will actually experience some of those things, not even on purpose, just, oh, I was trying. I was experimenting. I didn't realize. But let me tell you tonight, we need to come out of covenant with those things because instead of bringing us healing and ministry, it brings us torment. And we need to get rid of that torment so we can live in the freedom that God has called us to. It's why I'm so grateful when we address the pain, when we don't pretend it away, when we don't call it something it's not, when we don't numb ourselves, but we actually have an opportunity to bring that pain forward. Do you know how you do that? Through discipleship. Community like this, when people tell you what you don't want to hear, when they show you an avenue of your life and go, hmm, I don't know if that's biblical. Go to the Bible. Go to the Word. Don't take our word for it. Go to God's Word for it. And go, oh, wow, I didn't realize. Okay, can I come and confess and then actually have a moment where I invite Jesus in and I repent and I release from my life those things from the devil. And I allow the Holy Spirit to minister to me and bring me real freedom. There's things like the recovery program here at Awakened Church. And I honestly, sometimes I struggle to call it recovery program, which I know it is. You recover and you're transformed. But to me, it's discipleship program. All it does is have people come alongside of you to get to the root of your pain issue and help you release from the root that pain and have people walk alongside of you to be released from it, to get our minds, to renew our minds and set us free and walk in freedom. And tonight might be the beginning of a journey, and then we join that part of our discipleship. Or maybe you've gone through that part of the discipleship, and then tonight's like, you know what? I just need to address any areas of my life that I've been compromised in. Okay, lastly, are you with me? Number three, stop the outcome at the onset. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, withstand him, meaning withstand the devil, come against the devil, be firm in faith. In the, um, in the Life Application Bible, an Amplified Bible, it actually says against his onset. What does that mean? It's when the devil first tries to implant a thought that is not of God into our, uh, uh, into our brains, into our thought life. And it's when we have all of a sudden a thought, and you always can recognize that it's a thought from the enemy and not from God when it comes with fear, when it comes with shame, when it comes with stress, when it comes with anxiety. Even when God is shifting and correcting us, it's in love to release and set us free. So we can immediately know if we take a step back and breathe and go, wait a minute, where is that thought coming from. And if we follow that evil thought, if we let it play its story, if we begin to rehearse the story it's telling us, then it's going to bring us into a place of depression. It's going to bring us into a place of loneliness. That's the tactic of the devil. And I want us to know the tactic of the devil so that we can utterly destroy it. And I actually heard a song that is an ungodly, worldly song that perfectly describes 
the how the devil comes and implants these thoughts into, into us and how we take hold of them. So I'm actually going to play the song. And more than listening to it, uh, I want you to actually just read the, the, the words um, on the screen. And here's the thing. This was, okay, um, how many um, old timers we got? Or I should, mature believers, there we go. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel, do people remember Simon and Garfunkel? 1964, they released the song and it's called Sounds of Silence. And then a band in uh, 2015 called Disturbed, the title of the band, Disturbed, <laughs> released it in 2015. Here's what I find interesting. There's 905 million views. It is a sad day when a spirit, when anything ever gains that kind of magnitude, there is either the spirit of God or an evil spirit attached to it. So sadly, over 900 million people allowing their thought life to go down a trail, it was never meant to go. But I want us to be aware of it. So we're going to play the song and then we're going to come back and get some people free tonight. I get so emotional <laughs> because that's the tactic of the enemy to implant a seed. He plays dirty, the devil. When our defenses are down, when we've experienced traumas or pain, when the unexpected hits our life and then we lay at sleep at night and the devil crouching and speaking Words that are not uplifting, words that bring us down, words that bring depression into our hearts. And then the devil doubles down and tells us, do you hear those words? Teaches to be silent. And like a cancer, it grows. And what is the idol God we made? It's when there's any thought lifted higher than God, an idol blinds us from the truth. Tonight, my friends, the idols are coming down. Tonight, my friends, the devil is exposed for the dirty dog that he is. He is exposed. His tactics are exposed. We will not live in silence. We will not live in depression and oppression. We will not sit in the thoughts of the evil one. Tonight, my friends, we are going to break out. We are going to break free. We're going to go to the living God our healer, our maker. What better place can we go than the spirit of the living God who designed and created us and knows how to heal us from the pains we have experienced. They are not pains that have you wanted for our lives, but we experience them because we are in a fallen world. But God made a way through Jesus Christ. He made a way when Jesus died on that cross for our sins, for every single thing that we did commit, that we will commit. God doesn't call us to perfection, but he calls us to have relationship with him, that we bring both the pain and the celebration to a living God. And Jesus died on that cross and gave his blood 
He shed his blood so that we would never have to. Let not the world be the better prophet. Let not the songs of silence be a better prophet to our world than the song of awakened church, than the song of Christians alive and well, ready to be liberated and set free ourselves so we can go out there outside these doors and set our world free. In the name of Jesus, could I have everybody stand to their feet? Deuteronomy 30, 19, 20 says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you both and your descendants may live. Some of us need to choose life for ourselves. Some of us need to choose life for our children. Some of us need to choose life for our children's children and the legacy that we will leave. It's time for us to rise up and face the pain so that we can be the curse breakers to our family legacy in the name of Jesus. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them. Israel might currently be in a state of war, but right here, right now, we don't have to have our hearts in a state of war. We can be set totally and completely free in the name of Jesus. And this is what I want to do tonight. If, if, if that's you in this place, and you're like, you know what, Stacy? It may not be the, the big massive addiction. Maybe it's just the little thing that I've compromised. Listen, it's happened to me. I, 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 yes, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm a leader, but I'm a person. And I, I, I struggle with things and there are times in my life when, oh no, I stepped, what did I do? And I have to go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. There are times in my life when I've struggled just like you. I've experienced traumas and pain that has brought me to my knees. And when I didn't want to open up my own door and walk outside of it, I went, I can because Jesus is with me. And just like you tonight, just like me, I needed to stand in a community of believers and people that believed with me that I could be break out of any depression, oppression, loneliness to be completely set free. And in a moment, my friends, when you meet the power of the living God, when you experience his love and when you choose, I am going to come out of what the devil has to try to keep me in. Let me tell you, when you experience freedom, there is nothing like it. The Bible says when you are free, you are free indeed. So what I want to do tonight, we don't even have time. Close our eyes, raise our hand. I want you to come forward. Um, if that's you, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward right now. I'm going to pray with all of us. I'm going to actually walk us all through a prayer. I can't teach, preach, minister, Holy Ghost and then not break out and help people to get free tonight. And you know what we're doing when we pray? You know what we're doing when you come forward for prayer? Is what we're doing is we're saying, no more, devil. Not on my watch, Bob. I am ready to, to, to be free and free indeed. I just believe even right now, there are people struggling and if you were honest with yourself, the things that have disturbed your spirit and tonight God wants to set you free. 
no depression, no suicidal thought should remain when we give ourselves over to a living God who can set us free. If we've experienced a trauma, if we've experienced a pain, if we've compromised, if we've coexisted with something that we're like, you know what, no more in the name of Jesus. I want you just to come down. Um, sometimes coming down to the altar, it's like, why can I get set free here in my seat? Absolutely you can and you will. <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to be able to step outside of, to make a decision to go, you know what, I'm going to disassociate with that pain and with those things, and I'm going to address some things. So if that's you in this place, I just want you to come down, and I'm going to pray for all of us tonight. I'm going to believe for all of us to be totally and completely set free in the name of Jesus. We have authority in the name of Jesus. Authority over the devil, authority over witchcraft, authority over drugs, authority over addiction, authority over depression, authority to anything that has been messing with us that is not of God. We can actually have submit to God. We can cast those devils out. We can tell them to leave. Torment doesn't have to exist. Why spend another night in torment? When people tell me they don't sleep at night, I'm like, why not? Jesus neither sleeps nor slumbers so that we can. We shouldn't live with thoughts and stories that are being rehearsed in our head from the evil one. We should live in peace. And I believe it's time to get set free. So let's do this right now. If there's any more people, just feel free to come forward. But let's do this. Can everybody just lift their hands to heaven right now? Can we close our eyes and lift our hands to heaven? And I want to do this. We won't have time for for people to come forward and, and afterwards you can go to the re response lounge. But the only way to eliminate, to bring peace back to in our, into our thought life, to evict devils and the evil one is to first receive of Jesus. We can't do this in our human nature and in our human way. We can only do this with God and having Him set us free. It's His power, not ours. We don't work harder. We actually just allow Jesus to move in and take over. So if you're here in this place right now and you're like, you know what, I need to give my life to Jesus or I have compromised an area of my life, could you just give me a wave right now and I'm gonna pray for you first. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Just give me a little wave, I know our hands are up. Yep, I see that hand, I see that hand in the front, I see it in the back, I see it on my right, on my left. Okay, we've got lots of people, wonderful. Here's what we're gonna do. Lift your hands to heaven, repeat this prayer, everyone in the building. We're gonna come alongside each of you as a community and friends. Right now, you can say, just repeat after me. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, take back what the enemy stole and resurrect three days later with resurrection power. And I thank you, Jesus, for sending me the Holy Spirit who is with me always. And from today forward, I commit to a life of freedom in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give an applause for the people that just received of God and got set free. That is our first step. Now I want to
to do this. If any part of this message, if you struggled in any area of your life where you have compromised, I want you just to lift your hands to heaven. We're going to pray together. Come on, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to get set free here tonight. And then you'll have time as the service ends to come up to the altar and get personal prayer if you need that. But right now, if you want to decide to come out of agreement with evil and into agreement with God, just raise your hands. We're going to pray together. God, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you are real and you are true to your word, oh God, that you came to set the captives free. And right now, tonight, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we confess those areas of our life, God, that we have been tampering with or dabbling with or committing sin. And right now we ask for forgiveness in those areas, oh God. Lord, we repent. We don't want those things in our life anymore. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we invite you in. And right now, oh God, I thank you that as you come in, anything that is not of you must leave. In the name of Jesus, we come out of agreement with witchcraft. We come out of agreement right now in the name of Jesus with shame. We come out of agreement that we are addicted to anything but the living God. In the name of Jesus, I bind, I break shame right now in the name of Jesus. Shame is not for kids of God. Right now in the name of Jesus, I bind you, you devils. You leave right now in the name of Jesus. Go back from where you came from. Right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we come out of covenant with the things that have been tormenting our life. I speak to torment. I speak to chaos and confusion. I speak to depression and oppression and suicidal thoughts right now. And in the name of Jesus, we declare them broken right now. The spell has been broken in the name of Jesus. The curse has been dislodged in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, we thank you. Any ungodly thing, anything that is not of you, we release right now. I want everybody just to take a deep breath. You picture whatever that thing is and you see it leave as you rise up in your own authority. This is not just for a pastor or a leader. Anytime in your own life, if you are saved and now we are in a room full of saved people, then you can rise up in your own authority and anything that has disturbed your peace, you can tell to leave in the name of Jesus. I speak to you fear. Right now you leave in the name of Jesus. I speak to you fear. You leave in the name of Jesus. I speak to you spirit of infirmity. You leave in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we are made whole by the Holy Ghost, that we are made whole by the spirit of the living God. And right now, oh Father, I thank you for releasing your power. I thank you for releasing your presence. I thank you, oh God, that our thoughts Father, we'll lean to you that the voice of our shepherd, we will know. We will know it very well. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you for the miraculous working power of the cross. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can I get a big amen? Amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.